Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Amen. Turn to John chapter 15 in your Bibles. John chapter 15. We're going to look at a passage of Scripture here that may be familiar with you and hopefully see it in a little bit different light than we've seen it before. What we have here is the last of Jesus' I Am statements that He's made. He's made several statements before to different ones. And today we're going to look at this statement He makes in John chapter 15. Uh, that is uh, the last of those. Uh, Join with me, if you will, in prayer. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we just pray that you'll bless this time as we study your word. Lord, we pray that you would uh, just open our hearts and minds to you. Lord, that you would allow us to to be uh, blessed by your presence and blessed by your word spoken unto our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. John chapter 15. Uh, Once again, this is the last of the I am statements that Jesus makes. He says in verse 1, and by the way, uh, this teaching goes all the way through chapter 16, and we're not going to look at all of that this morning. You can sigh a big sigh of relief. Oh, we're not going to do that. Uh, but Because uh, that's a lot of reading. That's a lot of, of explanation. That's a lot of study. Uh, what we're going to do, though, is look at, at some of chapter 15 and uh, some of the best part of it, I, I think. So look at that with me, if you will, in your Bibles, whatever you have, a Bible, a uh, uh, there's a Bible in the pew, or if you've got a, an app on your phone or your iPad or whatever, uh, it says, I am the vine, and my father is the husbandman. Hus- that's, a good word. that's a good word to get your tongue tied up on. Husbandman. And every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he uh, purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are... Clean, though the word, uh, through the word that I have spoken unto you, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. And if a man uh, if a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. And if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father's glory, uh, is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in my love. And if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have, have I spoken unto you that, ye, uh, that, you, that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. 
And he says in verse 13, he says, uh, verse 13, he says uh, Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. And ye are my friends, and if you do whatever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for servants knoweth not what uh, his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. I'm going to have to just stop myself because this just keeps going on and on, and it's just such wonderful words. And so I want to share with you a few things that that I've uh, learned and gleaned from this, and hopefully it can uh, bless your life. Uh, one of the things that uh, I find is something i don't know if it's something new to me or if it's just something that uh is just happening to me and not anybody else but i was speaking to someone uh i think it was somebody in my family and i was asking them something and they said something and i just couldn't understand what they were saying uh they it just sounded like blah 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 and and I know I, my my hearing's not going or anything like that, but uh, whatever that person said, and I'm not going to name any names, but because I don't want to embarrass the uh, uh, the guilty. But uh, she, uh, excuse me, that person said it again, and and. Uh, and and it sounded just as convoluted and just as garbled as it was before. Blah, blah, blah. And and I, I'm thinking, boy, I know I'm not I'm not here. I, I didn't have my headphones up. You know, you, you sit in your house and you uh, everybody li- doesn't watch the same thing anymore. Everybody's got headphones on and everybody's watching ten different things. I didn't. I, it wasn't that I was distracted. I didn't have anything in front of me. I wasn't listening to other stuff and and because of that, just couldn't hear. Wasn't any of those things. I just, for whatever reason, and I, I had to say again, say it again. What did you say? And then that that last time, I could understand it, uh, and that makes sense because I wouldn't ask her again if I understood it, and <laughs> I, I wouldn't need to have ask her to say it again because I understood it that time. But uh, a lot of times we go through life and we go through situations and we hear stuff and we think we hear one thing when it's something else, and and too often we don't get. Uh, so in in depth in it that we say hey say that again what did you say now this particular time i was trying to find out something that i thought was important and uh i don't know if that person uh whoever uh, she or he might have been uh was just in a hurry or they were doing other stuff i can't remember what it was but i remember it just didn't sound right and and too often we read god's word and too often we go through god's word and we hear stuff and we and we read through it and a lot of times uh we think we hear one thing and we don't uh, really hear what's truly being said. And a lot of times it's because we don't sit there and take the time to say, what did that really say? What does it really mean? So often we get so, if it's in a Bible study reading, we're, we're busy trying to read through the scripture so we can read what the author's written, written about uh, whatever's being uh, written that day. Or if it's a, uh, for a Bible reading plan to read through the Bible in a year or something like that, uh, if we're not careful, we can uh, get so busy uh, with the task of reading the scripture that we tend to just 
go through the motions of reading and don't really take time to understand what it says and what it is trying to be said. And so uh, I want to take a look at this a little bit more in depth and hear what it says for real. Jesus says, I'm the vine. Right off the start, uh, we think, okay, here's Jesus. He's making an illustration. He's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Uh, you got to abide in me. And it makes perfect sense to hear what he's saying and say, okay, I got it. I know exactly what he's saying. He's saying I have to uh, stay in him and, I, and he's going to stay in me and we're going to have a good relationship. But what you don't understand is, is he's saying so much more than what is uh, being said there that we don't grasp. And a lot of times it's because we fly through it. And what Jesus is saying here is, is he's saying, I'm the vine. And to me and you, that just, again, just sounds like the opening to uh, a joke or it's an opening to a parable or it's, a uh, it's an opening to a story. That's none of these uh, in and of itself. The Israelites thought of themselves as part of a vine that was part of uh, God. Uh, they had been compared many times before throughout history as being a part of a vine. And, and their whole mentality was is that we're Israelites. We are a part of the seed of Abraham. We're descendants of Abraham. And so because of that, we're God's chosen people and we're okay. And you know... People today don't necessarily have that mentality anymore, uh, and, and particularly most of us don't have that because we're not Jewish, but um, we have a different type of mentality, and that is, is that I'm a part of this church. My family's gone to this church for uh, 80 years, and we've just been a part of this church forever, and I'm, I'm a member of, of this church, so I'm okay. And that's just as dangerous as the Israelites thinking, well, I'm a child, I'm an Israelite, so I'm okay. I'm a part of the vine. I'm a part of the people of God. I'm, a, I'm okay. And you have people today that say, you know, my mama's a, a Sunday school teacher. My daddy's a deacon. I've gone to this church since I was knee high to uh, uh, a grasshopper. And, and uh, I, I've been going there uh, longer than, uh, than dirt. I just, uh, we just, my family's been a part of that church forever. We're, I'm settled. I'm a part of the family of God. And yes, we want you to feel welcome here. And yes, we want you to feel a part of the family of God but we don't want you to feel that way if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart because that's the true measure of whether or not you're a part of the family of God. If you consistent, uh, uh, consciously, not consistently, if you consciously said to yourself, I, you know, I understand that I'm a sinner. I understand that I need a Savior. I understand that Jesus Christ was that Savior for me. He, he went to the cross in my place. He paid the price I can't pay. He bled and died on the cross for me. That is what Jesus did. That's why, what makes him my Savior. And he's offering that gift to me to be my substitute, to be my propitiation, uh, that big long word, propitiation. Uh, it, basically what it means is the only payment that is acceptable. And I can't pay it. Nobody else can pay it. My mama can't pay it. My daddy can't pay it. Nobody can pay it but Jesus Christ. And he paid it for me. And all I have to do is accept that. Now, if we've consciously made that decision, Jesus says, 
Now, you're not just part of the vine that was Israel, or is Israel. You're a part of my vine. He, Jesus says, I'm the vine. He says, there's not a vine that's more important than the vine that is Jesus Christ. And he's saying, look, you, you can't go to heaven just simply because you're an Israelite. You can't go to heaven uh, and can't be with God just simply because you're a member of the XYZ church or this church or another church or any other church. You can't go to, uh, to be with God just simply because you walked down an aisle, shook a pastor's hand, got yourself dunked in some water. All of those things are good and all those things are, are important, but they're not not as important as giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. That's what's important. And Jesus said, you can't, you can't be right with God. You can't be right in your life unless you are a part of my vine. He says, I am the vine, not Israel. And in today's context, not church membership, not baptism, not any of those things, unless you are a part of, he says, I am the true vine. He says, that other, that's not the true vine. This is the true vine if you give your heart and life. And what he's saying is giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And so he says, I am the uh, true vine. And he says, my father is the husbandman. Husbandman. Uh, what that means is basically he's the gardener. He's the chief person that's in charge of taking care of the plants. Now, uh, recently I've gotten involved in, in taking care of some plants around the house and everything. And we had some plants that didn't do too good uh, this past winter and they got uh, almost died. And since then, they've kind of come back out and started to grow more vines. But all in there were all these dead uh, uh, dead branches and dead leaves and things like that and uh, I had to go through all of those plants and didn't and listen uh, those plants looked nearly dead even though it had some new growth but I had to go through and cut out right ladies that uh, those of you who are in gardening you have to cut out all those old dead uh, branches and old dead leaves and things pull them off so that what the green new vines have a chance to live and and the reason for that is, is that the plant uh, doesn't have room to grow for one and it also is still trying to nourish that that uh, that a leaf or that branch that's dead trying to get it to be alive again and it's not going to uh, live it's all withered up and dead and so you got to prune it off in order to allow the plant to live to allow the new growth to live and to have plenty of room for more growth and and that's what the husband men did that's the vine dresser's job he had to go through there and cut off all that old growth all that old stuff that that wasn't uh alive anymore all that stuff that's just in there and just taking up all the the uh, life-giving force of the vine and what it did was it allows all that other growth to live and jesus says you know the father my god the father is what he's saying god the father he's the one that does all that he's the one that he's the righteous judge we read in the bible and other places he's the one 
who goes through and if you aren't producing, He cuts you and prunes you back. Those that are producing, He cuts you back. Even those that are producing, He cuts back what? The waste, the dross, all the stuff that's not producing. And you know, um, some of you have told me about runners. You know, those uh, uh, parts of the tree or, or plant that kind of drop down off of the tree or plant and it starts to bring up another uh, another tree or plant. you got to get rid of those so the original tree has a chance to live, right? Has a chance to have all the nourishment. You don't want all that new growth to take all the, the water out of the soil and not allow the, the original thing to uh, do that. Y'all are all shaking your head, so I know I'm, I'm, doing, I'm saying it right. Uh, I, I'm learning, so I, I, I'm making sure I'm saying the right thing. Uh, but it's true. Jesus said, uh, God the Father, he, he does that as well. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit has taken away. He's taken away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he pruneth it, or purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Now, what does that mean? And what Jesus is saying is, is that as the word that I've shared with you, the teachings that I've given you, you're clean. You, are, uh, you don't have any of that, that uh, uh, stuff that's not growing, none of that stuff that's not producing. You have all the stuff that's there that's necessary. And he says, if you abide in me, if you stay in, uh, in all of that, then I'm going to abide. He says, abide in me. Stay in that clean uh, word of God. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except you abide in me. So uh, listening to all that, what's the most important thing? That we be a part of the vine and that we produce fruit, right? And if we are a part of the vine, then uh, Jesus says that then you are a part of me and I'm in you. And what he's saying is, is that if we are in the true vine, then we know that we're going to be uh, a part of Jesus Christ and he's going to be a part of us. And, you know, when we get, accept our heart and life to Jesus Christ, uh, give our heart and life to Jesus Christ and we accept his salvation in us, that's, that's how we are when we first come to know Jesus in, into, into our lives. And but the only problem is, is we got all these things in the world that keep pulling us. We got these things over here that pull us this way. We've got friends over there that pull us that way. We've got relatives over there that pull us another way. And <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> what Jesus says is, is look, uh, you need to stay in me. What's that mean? Well, he said uh, those teachings that I've given you, uh, you remain clean. And so what he's saying is, is, if you stay in those teachings, if you keep your heart and mind in those teachings, then you'll, uh, then you'll be clean and you'll remain clean. He says, and if you abide in me, if you stay in those teachings, and if you keep uh, yourself uh, focused on the, on the teachings of Jesus Christ, if you keep yourself focused on Christ, then not only will you be in Him, but He'll be in you. That's a wonderful that's a wonderful promise of Jesus Christ. Not just that, hey, if you keep yourself clean, then you can keep uh, pulling uh, off of the juice that I have and, and you'll have everything that you need, uh, be it by being part of the vine. He says, not only that, but I'll be in you. 
which means you're not at it alone. You're not all by yourself. Isn't that a wonderful thought to think about of the fact that as you're struggling through your Christian life, as you're struggling through all the things that you're going through, that you don't have to worry about the fact that you're doing it all alone. You say, I opened the Bible and I can't understand half what I'm reading. Well, look, Jesus says, I'm in you. He's the author of the Word of God. He's the one who, who, who shared that Word with those men who wrote it down. And so, who better than to pull upon and draw upon to understand that than Jesus Christ. So what he's saying is, is, hey, when you're learning, when you're trying to understand what you're reading, and it doesn't make sense, just take a minute and say, Jesus, I don't understand this. Help me to understand. Jesus, help me to open my eyes. Help me to see. Jesus, help me by being aware of what's going on here. Teach me these things. Boy, that's like, that's like saying, sick him to a bulldog. I'm telling you what, Jesus just rush in there and help you out and, and enable you or give you someone like, uh, like that Ethiopian eunuch that was going along and didn't understand uh, the Word of God and, and God sent His servant there alongside of him to say, hey, uh, do you understand what you're reading? If you don't understand it and God doesn't give it directly to you, He'll give it to somebody else that you can go to and, and, and God will give that person to you to help you to understand it. So Jesus says, stay in me. If you stay in me, abide in me, live in me, then I'll live in you. And he says, if you do that, then you'll bear fruit. He says, says, if you do those things, you're going to bear fruit and you're going to bear much fruit for without me. He says, look, without me, you can't do anything. You know, I, I think I, I think back to my own life and, and some of the silly things that I did in the past. I, in my life, in my family, I couldn't say uh, a particular word. Couldn't say stupid. You know, we would try to teach our, our children not to say stupid because we didn't want them to go to school and call somebody stupid and all that kind of thing. And so we started saying silly instead of stupid. And one day, uh, one of my girls came home and said, Sissy said that S word, you need to... And I thought, oh my goodness, she said a curse word. And it turns out, she said, uh, I said, she did? What did she... What was going on? And she said, so-and-so was stupid. And I thought, oh, at least it wasn't a curse word. But uh, I've done some stupid things, silly things. I remember when I was coming up, I thought I was all big and grown up. I was all a man when I graduated from high school. I went off to college, and my parent. And when I went to college, mom and dad took me up there, and uh, they rode behind me. When I was going up there, I, I went to college up in the mountains, and uh, I, I remember that old car that I had. I had a uh, a red Chevy Chevette. Let me tell you, it was a hatchback. Boy, I was I was styling and profiling in that hatchback. Let me tell you, and uh, I, I I remember driving up there to the college, and I got to the off ramp off the highway, and it went up like this. Uh, and I remember I was driving along. And all of a sudden, I started going slower and slower and slower. And I was like, what in the world's going on? I had the air conditioning on, so I turned off the air conditioning, and the car started going a little bit faster. And then, But I, I was almost to a crawl by the time I got up to the top of the hill, and I realized that my car was 
piece of junk. But anyway, I got up to college. Mom and Dad followed me, and they said, why in the world did you slow down? I said, I had it to the floor. It wouldn't go any faster. It, you know, you push your foot down, and a lot of cars, they'll, go, they'll shift into a low gear. Get on up there. My car didn't do any of that kind of stuff. Anyway, I got up there, Mom and Dad, and I, I thought they were just coming to see me uh, into my college dorm, and I stayed in the dormitory up there, and, and I expected them to help me uh, uh, with getting my stuff to my dorm room and then just leave. And uh, my parents didn't do that. They stuck around. They did all the stuff. They had the college had all kinds of stuff for parents to do. And uh, uh, my my parents went to this one thing, and they said uh, they asked them a question about. something that I had to do. Who was my faculty advisor? My parents said, I, we don't know. He didn't share He didn't share anything with us. And I thought I was Mr. Big Britches and I had all the answers and I was just going up there and, and, and I expected him just to drop me off and here I hadn't shared important information with my parents and, they, and I, I didn't even realize they were going to stay around. And we do silly stuff and we think we can do it all alone. Jesus says, no, you can't do it alone. He says, look, not only do you have to abide in me so that I'll abide in you, he says, you know, what did we say the important things were? Realize who we need to be a part of the true vine. We need to give our heart and life to Jesus Christ. Secondly, we need to bear fruit. And Jesus says, hey, you can't bear fruit without me. Too often we get into a church setting and we say, hey, we need to go out into our community. We need to go out and witness to people. We need to reach the lost. And we sit there and we try and do it all in ourselves. We talked about this in, in Sunday school. He, uh, we go out there and we get all excited about what God wants us to do. And we go out there and we do it all in ourselves. We don't take any time to pray Ask God for guidance and leadership. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for the right words to say. Ask God to prepare the heart of the other person that we're going to go visit uh, to get them. uh, Ask the the Holy Spirit work in their life to prepare them for the message that we have when we go and share. Look, when you go and you witness to other people, let me give you a shocker. You don't save that person. Even if you share your testimony, it's God that saves them, not you. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in their life that's bringing them in. (coughs) So don't you think you should involve the Holy Spirit in prayer and say, Hey, uh, Father God, God the Holy Spirit, go before us, work in this person's life, help them to to know a need for a Savior. Lord, let us be a part of that. Let us be involved in some of that so that we might bring you glory in our life. We get out there and we charge headstrong. Jesus says, look, (coughs) excuse me. He says, you can't bear fruit without me. And usually that's what happens when we go out without involving uh, God in our in what we do. We think we're doing the Lord's work, <clears throat> so the Lord's going to bless us. But we're doing our work, and God doesn't bless that because we don't depend on Him. When we do depend on Him, when we do pray and ask for His guidance, He does lead us. And He says, with Him we're able to produce much fruit. 
He says, look, look at the dangers in verse 6. He says, hey, if you try and abide not in me, that person is cast out as a branch that withers and men gather them up and cast them into the fire and they're burned. Now, this is not a statement that Jesus is making in terms of, hey, you can lose your salvation. That's not what he's saying because everything he's said before and everything he says since has everything to do with, uh, with the fact that we cannot lose our salvation. But what he's saying is, is that analogy of working in the vine, uh, working in the vine, a vineyard and being a vine. He says, if you're not... If you try and go out and you try and do things without involving God and you try and do these things without being a part of Jesus Christ, he says, look, it's as useless as being a vine that is dead and withered and that's cut off and thrown out into a pile and burned up in the compost heap. And look, he says, don't be that kind of person that tries to do it on your own. He says, you can only do it through me, so do it this way so that you won't wind up being useless in the kingdom of God. Lord, look, there's a lot of churches where the people are safe and secure in the, uh, in the fact that they're going to, to heaven. And they're safe and secure and, they're, and they're, they're not doing a thing for God. That's just like my freezer at home. I buy food and I put stuff in my freezer and it's safe and secure in there. It's not going to go rotten until I set out that meat and I let it thaw and I can go and cook it again. It's going to be safe and secure. There's a lot of churches that are just as frozen as in that freezer. They're safe and secure in their salvation. There's nothing going on in there. There's no growth in there. There's no uh, life in there. There's no producing of fruit. And there's no one that's doing anything for God. They're just completely safe and secure. And that's where they want to be. Look, they want to be safe and secure. But let me tell you something. If you're producing fruit, you're more secure than if you're frozen and you're part of the frozen chosen. God wants to use us to reach others. God wants us to produce fruit. You don't have a I got a scopernoggin vine in the back in my backyard, and I got an orange tree and a, a kumquat tree in the backyard. I don't want those things taking up room in my yard if they're not going to produce fruit. That's part of the joy of having them, right? Is to be able to go out there and pull a nice big orange off a tree and taking it inside and breaking that bad boy open and eating that all the, and having all that juice come down your chin and everything. That's what you want, right? And that's what God wants of us. He wants us to produce fruit so that He can be uh, so that we can bring God glory and that He can be glorified uh, by us. And that's what He says. If you abide in me, verse 7, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be uh, grant done unto you. That's where it's talking about praying to God about reaching the lost and bearing fruit. You think God wants to tell you you need to bear fruit and then not allow you to pray about bearing fruit? If you just simply ask God and say, God, help me to be a, a part of the vine that bears fruit. Help our church to be a part of the vine that produces fruit. Help us to do the kind of things that will reach the lost and help those people that are in our community that need help. Help them to come to know uh, you as Lord and Savior. You, you think God wouldn't allow you to do that? 
As long as you have His Word in your life and you continue to live and work according to what He desires, He's going to do exactly what you ask. He's going to help you to win the lost. He's going to open the doors for you to be a part of that process. Look, He says, Herein is My Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be My disciples. As the Father hath loved Me, so I have loved you. Continue ye in My love. And if you keep My commandments, ye shall abide in in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments. Excuse me. He says, look, you need to understand something. When you do what God wants you to do, when you bear fruit, when you do those things that Jesus said uh, that we need to be about, we glorify God and we express glory to God by bearing fruit and abiding in His love. He says, when you do these things, you're expressing your love for me. And He says, I'm going to express my love to you by, by allowing you to ask anything that you need. Now, it's not, hey, Jesus, I'd like to have, you know, my car's getting kind of old and clunky. Yeah, I've had it for a long time. It's got 258,000 miles or more on it. Uh, That's where it stopped. (laughs) It refused to count anymore. And I've been running a lot more on it since then. It it just keeps going and going. Anyway, if I said, you know, hey, God, you know, my car's really old. I'd love to have one of those new BMWs. I'd love to have a new Mercedes-Benz. That doesn't mean that God's going to simply say, hey, yeah, sure, I'll give you that. Now, what it does mean is is that He wants us to go out and reach the lost. And when we pray and say, God, help us to be the kind of church that allow others to see Jesus Christ. Help us to share our love with others so that they'll have a desire to follow You and and salvation. Lord, help us to be the kind of loving and uh, love outpouring from us so that we can uh, minister to other people. Guess what? God's going to do that. God's going to allow you to do that. And especially when you and I set about doing those things after we've prayed and asked for God, God's direction and guidance in that. That's what Jesus means when He says, if you ask, I'll grant it to you. Uh, I'll, it'll be done unto you. Why? Because He talks about doing what God says to do. Like, look, God doesn't care what kind of car you drive. He doesn't even care if you've got a car. He's going to provide a way for you to get where you need to go. If you're doing His will, if you're serving Him, if you're producing fruit like He wants you to, He's going to make sure you get where you need to go. And guess what? He'll make sure that you have a way to get there because you're serving Him. And that's what God wants us to do. So my question for you today is, uh, we're, we're going to have to stop. We're just going on and on and everything. But And that's good stuff. We might, uh, keep, we're going to keep on in this. And, and we'll have a series of services about all of this, about being in the vine. And learn more about this because there's a whole lot more. But what, I, what, what we need to ask yourself today is, what you need to ask yourself today is, am I part of the vine? Do I have Jesus Christ in my heart and life? That's the most important question. Look, I'm not asking you if you're a member of this church. I'm not asking you if you've been in this church for uh, 50 years. I'm not asking you uh, if you are a good person. I'm asking you, do you have Jesus Christ in your heart and life? Is Jesus living in you? Are you part of the true vine? 
Has Jesus, have you asked Jesus into your heart and life? That's the question you need to ask yourself today. Amen. Not you know, who are your parents, not are you, uh, are you living in a Christian home, not are you uh, serving God. The question is, do you have Jesus in your life? Are you a part of the true vine? That's what you need to ask yourself. And if, you, if not, you need to do that today. What a wonderful day it would be for you to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. And if you are, then the second question you need, if you are part of the true vine is, is the second question is, is am, I, am I in Jesus? Is He in me? And, am I, and thirdly, am I producing fruit? Am I doing what I can to reach lost? Reach those who need Jesus Christ in their life. Am I doing what? I, and I'm not talking about. Am I living a pious life? If I am, I doing those kind of things that that are quote unquote the right things to do. I'm asking you: Are you going out? Have you shared your faith with somebody else? Have you shared what Jesus Christ has done for you Amen. with someone else? Are you doing things to help people to see Christ in you? Are you doing things to help produce fruit? If not. Maybe today's the day to recommit your heart and life to do uh, so that you will be doing those things. Maybe today's the day you need to come and say, Jesus, I realize that I've been drawing from the vine and not been producing. I want to produce fruit. I want to be the kind of Christian that others call when they want to witness to somebody because I do it and I do it to the glory of God. Is that you today? Two questions. Are you a part of the vine, the true vine? And are you producing fruit? Let's pray.